You're listening to the Nutrition Awareness Podcast, where we firmly believe food should fuel your life, not restrict it. Each week, one of our registered dietitian nutritionists will motivate and educate you with accurate and reliable nutrition information to help you achieve your health goals using food. Whether you struggle with yo-yo dieting, weight loss, portion control, or simply just understanding the right eating patterns to get real, lasting results, you're in the right place. I'm Dietitian Kate, nutrition expert, ex-cardio bunny turned barbell junkie, and your host for today's episode. Are you ready to dive in? I am here with Tyler Lott for a round two. So if you enjoyed round one, actually, let me give you a little background on how round two is happening right now, because it's everyone's worst nightmare. You're in Target on a Sunday. It's so funny. <laughs> and you funny. see someone you know. <laughs> it gets worse than that when you hear your name from a voice you faintly recognize. Oh, Shoot, is that somebody that knows me? <laughs> and is this someone that I want to see right now? Let me very quickly take a mental inventory of my outfit. <laughs> exactly. Did I shower today? When did I shave last? How much was I sweating before I came to Target? And in your case, with me in particular, I have to do this quick mental backflip of what is in my cart because you are a nutritionist <laughs> dietitian and I'm like, right oh now? God, are there Snickers fun sizes in I my I mean, I did right see now? some Kodiak cakes in there. I don't remember what else you had. Are you, is that bad? Else. No, That's okay. it's good stuff. For no, the record, good. I was obtaining uh, office snacks. So if you looked okay. at some oh. granola bars, well, but they're preservative free and okay. you know, okay. <laughs> I felt fairly good about it walking away. I was like, it wasn't too bad. Okay. So we ran into each other in Target. We started talking about, like, quarantine, all the stuff going on, and we actually had a really good conversation. Yeah, completely obstructing one of the aisles. <laughs> exactly. Whatever. And I was like, you know what? We really need to turn this back into a podcast and it. continue the conversation we had before. So conversation we had before, um, Tyler has a background in behavioral analysis, which totally fascinates me and has recently kind of pivoted over into the public health space yes. so very relevant to kind of today and everything that's happening so yeah uh, one of the things that we were talking about was measuring your physical versus mental health during this time and the reason why we got on that is because obviously we talked about this before tyler was my crossfit coach was seeing him mostly every day mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden not and we found both of ourselves talking about how we would randomly be getting pissed off for no reason at certain things. And a lot of that coming out of probably not having that outlet of being able to work out or being around people or things like that. But then measuring, okay, well, should I be going and doing that for my physical health or do I do it for my mental health or do I do something from home? So we kind of started talking about that, and I was assuming that a lot of people have probably been going through that struggle of, do I go to a gym? Do I go back to CrossFit? Do I make it work at home? Do I find a friend that I can work out with? And figuring out what to do kind of for yourself throughout this situation. So I just kind of wanted to talk about what we had gone through um, and just help other people kind of talk through that if they don't have someone to bring this up to. Yeah, sure, because I think a lot of people have gone 
through similar experiences, if not almost identical experiences. And these are just largely unexplored waters for most people and, you know, trying to come up with what the right answer is or what the best answer is, is I think has been more challenging than it has been in the past. And I think it's not, it doesn't even have anything to do with CrossFit. Even if you're used to just going to a normal gym and being around other people that are either interested in fitness or that are motivating you because there's a person on the treadmill next to you versus I've been in my house all day long staring at my computer and now I have to motivate myself to go outside and do a lap. Yeah, and especially, I mean, motivation management is such a a particular skill set and I think a lot of people are still developing that or or outsourcing it in some in some ways and so as soon as everyone was locked in or, and shut out from their normal you know physical outlets you're trying to figure out how do I do this one thing that was kind of surprising to me is because I look at myself like very much an introvert like I don't need people <laughs> I can do this on my own and how much I crave that now like we were talking before the podcast I'm feeling good. I actually did a CrossFit workout this morning in my garage, which hasn't been something I've been doing a lot of lately, but it still doesn't feel the same. And I found myself really craving like, man, that would have been so much fun to go and do with a group of people. But generally my brain is always like, stay home, stay home, do your thing at home, be alone. It's not like go out and be around people. That's not my natural inclination. So I think it's something to call attention to that, like, even introverts need a tribe of people. Yeah, for sure. You know, in behavior analysis, we talk a lot about motivation. It's a huge topic in behavioral science. And and to be slightly more specific without getting, you know, too complicated about it, motivation is, you know, divided into two different categories in our world, especially with respect to how the environment affects motivation. And we talk a lot about satiation and deprivation and deprivation being an incredible motivator for the behaviors associated with accessing the things that you've been deprived from. Mm-hmm. The obvious example is always if you have been deprived of food for X amount of hours, 15 hours, 20 hours, then your behaviors that are likely to result in food become much more likely. Right? That's just a simple breakdown of how deprivation works. And now we're all in this mode of just severe and significant deprivation from a number of things and and one of those things that was a big part of our lives and probably a lot of people's lives is that physical fitness aspect and especially if you were a crossfitter because that's such a social yeah method of fitness Mm -hmm. so not only are you getting those feel you're not getting those feel good hormones from getting a good sweat in necessarily but you're also not getting that tribal community aspect let me ask you this do you think is oxytocin gonna become a a buzzword now i don't know i'm not i'm I'm not super familiar with like research surrounding this i'm seeing it more and more just in the wild you know no i no tell me more well i I mean oxytocin my limited understanding of oxytocin is it is it it is a chemical it's sort of the social chemical it's a chemical produced in your brain that uh, I think one good way to describe oxytocin is that you get a big oxytocin dump when you hug somebody, someone oh, okay. you're familiar with. You know, okay. it's that social neurotransmitter that makes you feel good when you okay. are socializing. Oh, you know. And I wonder if that determines whether you're an introvert or extrovert. Is yeah, I wonder. That's a great follow-up question. Dump you get when you are yeah. around people, or you get a hug. Or I think a... some of the big questions now are like, do you? Do you get that same stimulus from your Zoom calls? Mm, mm-hmm, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe not. 
you certainly don't get them from texting people, which is how most of us communicate now. Right. Uh, but I'm just I'm seeing that more and more, and I you know I wonder if there's a component, a food component in there, if if there are certain foods or anything like that that will promote the production of that chemical. But yeah. I don't know. I mean, it remains to be seen. I was just throwing it out at you because I've I've been seeing it more and more and hearing it more and okay. more. Not a lot. Yeah. But more than zero, yeah. which is what it was a year ago. One thing I've recognized even way before quarantine ever happened was I have like the virtual part of my business and then the in-person part of my business. And a lot of people in my field have converted to completely virtual. And so a lot of like the business coaches in this space are like, why do you still have a brick and mortar? Why do you have that overhead when you can do everything virtual now? And I'm like, because of how I feel after I have an in-person consultation versus how I feel when I'm talking to someone over video. It's completely different, and I know it's completely different for them as well and how the information lands and being able to interact with that person. Not only develop the rapport, but it's just the feeling I know that they have when they walk out the door versus just shutting their computer or pressing end on their phone and as long as I have a good combination of those things, like that's like I can do video and I can do in person, but I would never just say, no, I don't want to do in person anymore because I don't get that same yeah. feeling and I know they don't either. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more on that. And I think a lot of people are probably in that same boat. You know, we've learned two things for sure. I mean, we've learned a lot, but we've learned two things for sure. One, a lot of people can do their jobs from home, yes. probably more than you may have guessed. Sure. But two we're losing out on an enormous and and important part of human interaction when you do everything virtually there's just no accounting for tone or inflection or eye contact or smell i mean any of the senses that you're missing out on you know i think that i think time is going to prove that this period was you know we were severely starved of those things of those smaller components of human mm-hmm. interaction that I think have been overlooked a little bit. Yeah. And then on the other side of it, I have some clients who cut out their hour-long commute every morning, and now they're getting to hang with their family and have breakfast as a family of four, go have a walk all together afterwards or even after dinner. You take the dog out, you go to the park, and they're so much happier because of not having to go into the office in the way that their life has changed that they wouldn't have necessarily been able to do. And that to me sounds like a healthy improvement. I mean, if you can still achieve or, you know, regain your work-life balance while working virtually, maybe you're filling in the gaps that you've satisfied at the workplace now with more meaningful endeavors like walking with, you know, your family around the block or whatever it is, you know, Mm -hmm. know, finding that interaction elsewhere, maybe places that you previously neglected because you were so busy. Yeah. And one of the things we talked about during the first podcast was lack of self-reflection, how a lot of people don't really sit down and think about, like, what's going on in my life right now? How can I evaluate this? Um, How can I get better or how can I improve things? And that lack of self-evaluation can lead people down the wrong road or to a dark place. Um, One thing in that we had talked about in Target was the little things that you don't necessarily recognize in yourself, at least throughout this time that I've noticed, whereas I'm going down the Target aisle and I'm just pissed off for no reason. And I find myself in my head saying words like, 
where's the LaCroix? Why don't they have this flavor of LaCroix? And I'm mad. And why don't they have this almond butter? And why is this almond butter $10? Like I had a retort for every single little item. And I'm like, why am I so mad? <laughs> but I, it's not something I would recognize because I didn't go out and like get in a fist fight with somebody. I didn't cuss anybody out. It's just like me these saying these little nasty things in my head constantly that have to be breaking me down in some yeah, way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you wonder what the the cumulative effect is of that. Mm-hmm. How many <laughs> with that number of times gets too high in a day of, of of your personal gripes or internal monologue is negative enough for long enough. It makes you wonder what the effect is. And I think I would have gone home from that trip having been in a bad mood, like oh, I just went to Target, wasted my time, blah blah blah. And then I saw you, and then we had a good conversation. And then afterwards, I left smiling. I'm sure you did like, because totally you different. because your example is your grouchy at target not having the things you're looking for or having them just in the wrong spot do you remember what i told you i was like yeah i I bought a playstation (laughs) and i've been fighting with teenagers online in japan so (laughs) like you got to feel better compared to that yeah i do have that same reflection though where Mm -hmm. i'm like what am i doing i'm like screaming in my room not really screaming but you know what i mean just like super pissed about fifa (laughs) <laughs> like, get a grip, dude, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yes, I wonder if other people are experiencing those same things but not really recognizing it and if it's taking a toll on other relationships at home. Like, if you have one other person at home or the person that you talk to all the time, I'm sure you're probably taking that out on them. Oh, I think it absolutely is happening that way, yeah, in a lot of cases. And, like, we talked about that that day as well. It's this gradual process. It's not like you, you, you've flip a light switch and all of a sudden you're just grouchier than you normally were. It just, it happens slowly yeah, over exactly. time, you know, mm-hmm. six weeks into quarantine, nine weeks into quarantine, four months now, and you just become this weird alternate upside down version of yourself that you almost didn't even notice that it happened. Because it's your new normal. Yeah, now. exactly. And so exactly. You, because you've been doing it for so long. And this like, you know, climb up out of that this is arduous you know and it mm-hmm. does i think it, i think you're right it starts with with that with that recognizing that it's happened recognizing that you have changed your behavioral profile has changed a little bit mm-hmm. you got to recognize that before you can start to mm-hmm. to climb out of it i had a client that i talked to today and she had recognized that the evening time is her hardest time which is true for a lot of people emotionally emotionally yes um so at the end of the day because so she she wakes up at 4 45 goes and does her workout from 5 30 to 6 30 comes home has breakfast does her work does everything then she's done working by like 5 30 5 45 and then it's time to fill that void yeah and all the things that you were avoiding when you were preoccupied with whatever they come flooding into your brain because the coast is clear Mm -hmm. i've been thinking about that a lot lately and she admitted like I feel really lonely, so I will go to alcohol, or I'll smoke a cigarette, or I'll start eating if I, if if I convince myself like don't drink, don't have a cigarette, you want to be healthy, then I'll I'll just start eating, and I need something to fill that void because I'm lonely and I'm sad, and I don't have a hobby right now, and I don't have a way that I can involve other people in my life. She lives alone, and so she's talking about how hard it is to change that behavior because it's just. Her and herself at home alone and nothing else to do and everything is done for the day. 
So what we talked about was changing her schedule. Like, stop getting up at 4.45 in the morning. <laughs> like, yeah. let's get some more sleep, get some more rest, so your brain is better able to manage these stressful times. And so you get to the end of the day, and maybe you're not so exhausted. And maybe that's where we put your workout in so we can fill mm-hmm. some of that time where you're not just sitting there kind of trying to fill a void with one of these addictive substances. And that's what great design is all about. And, you know, all these things that we talk about have that one thing in common. You know, behavioral science is all about good design. And sometimes it can be as simple as rearranging your day, just rearranging the building blocks of your day. I also wonder about, you know, scheduling time to intentionally confront some of that mental energy, you know, not to go on a too much of a tangent about mindfulness, but in mindfulness, they talk a lot about being present. And I think a lot of us don't do that. We're all, we're constantly preoccupied. We're we're somewhere else in our heads rather than being very present in the moment. And even if you you know try to build this habit three three four five minutes at a time, I think it can be helpful so that you alleviate that that massive you know overload of all these thoughts at the end of the day. If you can set aside five minutes every other hour to just sit and reflect for a couple minutes, no pressure. Don't be hard on yourself. Just mm-hmm. let it happen. And so then does move that on. kind of look like a like a downloading of thoughts or does that look like yeah, I just think, bringing attention to like what am I feeling right now? I think it's that. The second part for sure. I think it's both. But I do think it's asking yourself that question. How am I feeling? What am I thinking about? How is it affecting me? And it doesn't have to be some long belabored process. But just given your brain, given your mental being just those couple of minutes to breathe for a second rather mm-hmm. than just I think because I think a lot of us do that on purpose we're, we're so full of all this stuff in our head so that we do stay distracted so that we do stay busy because we know that that yeah. that those lonely feelings come when we're not busy so we try so hard to stay busy and avoid 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 yeah and then until you can no longer avoid it and we then don't it's just be alone with our thoughts. a punch in the face mm-hmm. you know rather than something that's a little bit more manageable yeah. I mean, I, you know, it's so easy to sit and talk about it. It just takes it takes work. It takes practice. It takes, you know, habit building to get to that place. And, you know, I hear about uh, people like that. And, I mean, I feel for them. I, I relate to them enormously, but I still feel for everybody who's, who's going through that. Mm-hmm. And I think it also highlights something that we've just done as a culture for such a long time, which is neglect our mental health. And if it takes this crazy, wacky global pandemic to shine a light on that, then maybe that's a, a very faint silver lining. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that that is a good point in terms of, like, working with her, too, is, like, I'm looking for something to fill her void, but then isn't working out just another form of distraction mm-hmm. at that point. So, like, how many things can we think of to fill that void? But I think you're right to rearrange the day, and I think that might do what I'm saying almost organically, where you're creating, rather than just front-loading everything back to back to back. Yeah. You're rearranging the day to allow a little bit of cushion in between your activities to naturally maybe be mindful mm-hmm. and, and be present in whatever your current yeah. moment is. Yeah. Um, so I know one of the things that you wanted to talk about was immunity. Yeah, I was just super curious to get your thoughts on immune health. You know, one of the things that stuck stood out to me the most at the beginning of this whole charade, this whole debacle was, you know, you go into Target or Publix or wherever and you see that the paper goods aisle has been ransacked and the the frozen food section is gone and microwave dinners are, are gone. All that stuff is yeah. gone. It mm-hmm. looks like, you know, we're Floridians and Floridians know hurricane preparedness like the back of their hands. So it looked like that. Yeah. And what you notice, you walk around the final corner and you just see 
that the produce, the fresh fruits and vegetables, have, haven't been touched. Still there. Just sitting there. Still there. Combined with the fact that you heard very, very little about taking care of your immunity. You mm-hmm. hear all these things about, especially at the beginning, buy this, don't buy that, get tons of water, make sure you have toilet paper, there's quotas on this, this is where you find that. Not one mention of boosting or bolstering your immune health and what foods might contribute to that and what habits might contribute to that. And yeah. it's like your, it's our first and best line of defense and it was mm-hmm. just completely ignored. And it, you know, even far beyond just immunity, but overall health, someone sent me an article today that I said, that said, I think somewhere between it's like 94 and 99% of people who died from COVID had an underlying condition. Yeah, I'm sure. And then I thought yeah. about it and I'm like, well, this statistic because for some people, they would look at that and get very frustrated and be like, see, they didn't die from COVID. I looked at that and I said, like, this is our population. Like, this is how many people have an underlying condition. And a lot of those conditions that were listed at the top were hypertension, diabetes, and those kind Things of that are lifestyle super yeah, conditions sure. that are very prevalent. And so it's not just about having a healthy immune system or thinking about because a a lot of people and a lot of businesses and a lot of supplement companies try to hawk like take this supplement do this thing like try to sell things to you to keep your immune system up but everything that you do to be a healthy overall individual is also going to help your immune system and so I try to break it down for people to like be very very simple of stay active eat fruits and vegetables. If you want to take a supplement, take a supplement. Make sure your vitamin D levels are up to snuff. If they're not, you need to take a supplement there as well. Because there's no, I, what I don't want people to do is think that there's some crazy secret that they need to follow this specific diet for their immunity and for someone to turn it into something to sell to people. It's really just common sense taking care of yourself. If you're doing the things that are leading to these chronic conditions like hypertension and diabetes like we need to take care of those things that you're doing first before we start thinking about well let's add in a supplement here yeah that's really revealing of where our mindset has evolved to isn't it it's like oh you need to get your immune health in a better place oh what should i add what's what's the one or two things that i should add to my my list Mm -hmm. sometimes it doesn't work that way yeah exactly it's looking at your health overall to say well i know i'm doing these things that are detrimental to my health those things are also going to be detrimental to your overall immune system. Yeah. So it's not about just popping a supplement. Stop trying to sell them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I think you just bring, like we've said a few times already, you know, just bring some extra awareness to it. Just bring a little bit of extra thought to what are the ways I can improve my overall health and as an extension of that, boost my immunity so that I, I am better equipped to play defense, so yeah. to speak, against mm-hmm. random global viruses. Yes. You don't need to go and buy these immunity shots and take them every single day and they're $4 a piece. You do not need to do that. You just need to make sure you have some fruits and vegetables. You're making some of your foods at home. You're not going through the drive through for every meal. All the common sense things Stop that eating we know. Live bats. Yes, like we know, we know all of these things. We just discount them because they're common sense and because it doesn't feel like magic. We want the thing that feels like magic and ooh, this is exciting. And these vitamins made me, I had to fill out this form and it asked me all these questions about myself and this vitamin was put together, especially for me and my immune system. Like, 
No. <laughs> the analogy I make sometimes is that we've we've all turned into online shoppers, and we we apply online shopping behavior to real world behavior, where you just and what I mean by that is you, you know you just two clicks and it's in your cart. One more click and it's on its way to you. Mm-hmm. Not everything is a click away. Some <laughs> yeah. things take a little bit. Yeah. Of effort, mm-hmm. you know, I used to run into this a lot when I was doing early intervention autism work. Mm-hmm. That requires a lot of buy-in and a lot of participation on the part of the family or the caregiver, which was almost always a family member. And I, a lot of times, what would happen is that the family or the caregiver, let's just say for ease of of description, a mom or a dad, a parent, a parent hires you know behavioral technicians to deliver these services believing that just the hiring is going to solve their problems Mm -hmm. and it stops there but it doesn't stop there it requires participation it requires involvement and that's that online shopping mentality just oh well i'm taking care of my four-year-old who's on the spectrum because i hired a behavior analyst yes but it doesn't stop there there's there's a little bit more to that and i think that's true of a lot of things yeah i've definitely had people that say like i want to buy the biggest package because that'll help me lose yeah exactly it's got to show up in your world to some degree where it's like (laughs) oh i know i need to get my my nutrition in order oh well i'm seeing a dietitian now Mm -hmm. problem solved yep check check it off the list yeah (laughs) paying for a dietitian yeah it shows up on my credit card statement that means i'm doing it okay Mm -hmm. good to go Mm -hmm. I, i used to be vigilant about that in the gym as well you know with uh with new members i think a lot that mindset exists there too where they um, pay for crossfit i'm paying my (laughs) x amount of dollars every month for crossfit i should be getting fitter by osmosis you know i don't know what the thought (laughs) is but it requires work you know certain things just require work Mm -hmm. require effort okay i think this is a good time for a break when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply age to be living being a human right now yeah we were um talking about our phones listening to us which i'm sure everybody <laughs> talks about that now such a strange age um what book are you reading you said you were wanting to tell me about <laughs> yeah well i'm a little i'm not embarrassed to tell you but uh, i'm smiling because do you remember the last time i told you i was reading a book yeah, and I was like, that remember, sounds like... I'll tell you exactly what you said. It was like Dungeons and Dragons or something. Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. <laughs> That's what the name of it reminded me of. <laughs> the name of that book was Infinite Jest. Yes, exactly. Dungeons and Dragons? Jest, you know, like a sword. I said, I'm reading just... this book called Infinite Jest, and you laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed, and then said, nerd. <laughs> And then walked away from me. And I was like, <laughs> okay, well. So anyway, Tell I've been more. I've been reading uh, Moby Dick lately. Oh, okay. <laughs> which I find hilarious, okay. but it's awesome. I've never read it. It is I've awesome. First it. of all, it's barely readable because it's old. It's so old. It's 200 years old. Mm-hmm. And if you've ever seen like Chaucer or Shakespeare, like originals, unadapted ones, like you can't read it. The you English no is just so crazy. Mm-hmm. And this is borderline. Okay. It's close, but you can read it. Uh, it just takes, you know, maybe slightly more concentration. But it's amazing. I'm blown away by how amazing it is. And I bring it up just because, you know, everyone knows it's about a whale. And I think most people also know it's not really about a whale. 
it's about so many other things. It's just one brilliant life lesson after another. But the whole thing seems to be about mental toughness, just really? me- mental fortitude. Yeah, we- okay. literally weathering storms mm-hmm. on this rocking boat, this rocking ship with, you know, any number of obstacles coming at you. But, yeah, weathering those storms. And, you know, you get a lot of internal monologue from the protagonist. And it's it's fascinating. And uh, what what's fascinating to me, the most about it is just how applicable it is to right now. Okay. You know, like yeah. navigating these uncharted, strange waters. No one's been here before. I mean, the last pandemic was a century ago. There's mm-hmm. no one alive that mm-hmm. went through that, especially since it's the first time now that we have, like we say, all these new and, uh, you know, invasive technological advancements. I mean, these really are uncharted waters. And I think the people who are the most mentally tenacious mentally tough are i think having the the a better time yeah than those who aren't so do you think that mental toughness do you think it comes from the experiences that you've had so if you've had to face adversity especially like as a young child do you think it's just something that you're born with do you think that it's something that you have to teach yourself like what have you seen like in your experience and also like what can what can make you mentally tougher if you're you find yourself being faced with something that you don't know how to deal with or you don't feel equipped I think yes yes and yes to all those questions really I do think some people are born with a a more innate ability to be mentally tough I think others aren't I do think that some troublesome or or trying experiences at earlier times in your life can contribute to greater mental toughness I think on the opposite side of that I think if you have too much trauma you could you know mental toughness is flexible it's pliant and I think it can be broken so you know I wouldn't want to suggest that the more crap you go through when you're younger the more tough you'll be when you're older which I think is a mindset that does exist in some people. I would disagree with that uh, mm-hmm. vehemently. But I do think to some degree, yeah, t- uh, aversive or, or trying experiences can contribute to that mental toughness as you grow. You know, uh, a writer that I'm a big fan of, he's actually a, a soccer podcaster, but he's also a journalist, and I love the way he writes. And he has lately been preoccupied with the concept of, of tenacity, in particular like the fourth or fifth, fifth definition of tenacity, which is like... Uh, you know, quote unquote, difficult to pull apart, you know, the toughness. Okay. It also sort of hints at maybe a little bit of like, uh, you know, flexibility or, or, you know, malleability, you know, Mm -hmm. tenacity being, you know, you're you're able to to stay focused and, and resolved going from point A to point B and not getting distracted, knowing where your goals are and taking small steps in that direction, staying in that same direction, even when things throw you off, because you're not going to be able to avoid all your obstacles. And I think, not to jump ahead, but to answer your question, I think in a general way, I think it takes practice, and I think it takes effort to form these habits so that you can become, you can improve your mental toughness, your mental tenacity, the same way that we improve our physical fitness in the gym or through running or through swimming or whatever else we do. I think we can improve upon that, you know, regardless of who you are, what you've been through. And maybe I choose to believe that because it's inspiring or maybe it's just true. But, yeah, be building mental tenacity, just being tenacious with how you move through life, I think, can really get you out of a lot of jams. And 
you know, in the behavioral world, we talk a lot about expectations and setting expectations, and that can be such a powerful way to set yourself up for success. Even if you're expecting certain failures, just the fact that you're expecting those failures to come equips you to better handle them when they do inevitably come. If you're expecting to go to skate through with without any blemishes, then you're in for a rude awakening unless you're extremely lucky. So if you expect some obstacles to present themselves and you don't expect yourself to just scoot around them, you're you know, you can avoid them to some extent, but you're gonna have to absorb some of that negative energy some somewhere along the way. Probably yeah. fairly often too. So similar to going through a really shitty workout and coming yeah, out like on that. the other side. Exactly like you know, that. you're gonna go through shitty experiences too. So if during this time that's how you felt and that's what you've been going through, it's thinking about what can I learn from this and how can I increase that mental toughness so that in the future I can deal with hard things. Yeah, and it's such a confidence booster. I think that's a great example. And I think that's another thing that a lot of people really love about CrossFit and find rewarding about, and not even just CrossFit, but any any tough workout that you do in a gym or outside of a gym, like, wow, I really made it through. Because, you know, it, the memory is fuzzy once it's over. But when you're in that moment and everything hurts so bad, all you can think about is stopping, is quitting, is right. a- avoiding that pain. And you don't. Whatever that little tiny voice is in your head that tells you to keep going, it's a tiny voice, but it's a strong one. And then you get on the other end of it, and you're glad that you listened to the tiny voice and not to the big voice that was telling you to quit. And I think, you know, that exposes you to how rewarding it can be to stay tough in those situations. Yeah, it's the same thing with any kind of endurance race or running a marathon or anything like that. Like, is it really even about the running or is it about the fact that you just did something that was really hard? And I would now argue you the can latter. remember yeah. that you did something that was really hard. I can never I cannot imagine ever running twenty six miles again in my mind that doesn't even make sense. that that happened doesn't make sense it has to be the latter because if it's not that then what are we talking about you just wanted to go (laughs) 26.2 miles well you could have hopped on a scooter if that's what you wanted to do right it really is about the experience about the trying experience but therein lies the difference that we're talking about you showed up on race day expecting to go through that pain and discomfort Mm -hmm. you knew it was coming for you you didn't maybe you weren't able to articulate it perfectly but there was a level of expectation there it's when you don't expect things like that and then you're confronted with them where it's maybe a little bit more scary. And that's mm-hmm. kind of the mindset I'm, I'm thinking about. Like imagine that you're at the beginning of this workout or imagine you're at the starting line of a marathon. You know that there's going to be some, some hard stuff coming at you and you're ready for it. Mm-hmm. Or imagine that you think you're about to run a 5K and they tell you actually <laughs> this is going to be 26 miles. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and then how much harder that's going to be because you're not mentally prepared. For exactly. That. And on the flip side of that, imagine being told you got to run a 50 mile race, and then just before being told it's actually 26. Like, oh, sweet. Okay, yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah, because you were prepared for the pain. And in both scenarios, race, yeah. it's the same thing. In one, you are completely derailed by this expectation that it's going to be small, and it turns out to be big and arduous. And then the other one, you're expecting it to be much more difficult, and it turns out not to be, and that's a much more enjoyable experience, even Mm -hmm. though both of those things are exactly the same, at least on paper. Yeah, managing expectations. I mean, it just shows you how much of an impact it can have, Mm -hmm. and and that's it all happens in between the ears. It happens inside your own brain or mind or whatever you believe in, but it's not external. It's completely internal. Yeah. 
And that's something we talked about before, too, managing the expectations and how that's such a big part of your human experience is based on, like, what do you expect to happen and managing that. Yeah, and and if you expect to get beat by five goals in an online FIFA game against some punk in Georgia, then it's not so bad. Maybe you don't rage as hard. <laughs> Or if you end up winning. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. I, I go in expecting to win, and then when I don't, it's just temper tantrum. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, so we were talking about races. I've been wanting to rant with someone about this, and I feel like you're a good person. If it's about how terrible 5Ks are, then I'm definitely no. your man. <laughs> no, but I do agree with you. 5Ks are terrible. The 5K, 5K people <laughs> drive me insane. When you show up at 5.57 a.m. and people are walking around in tutus and... Oh, it just, it, I'll, I'll shut up about it because. So, okay, what I wanted to talk about, maybe you listened to this, maybe you didn't. It was a Joe Rogan podcast with the guy that owns um, the Spartan Races. He's like the CEO and founder. I don't of think Spartan I heard races. that one. I do know that guy, though. So, um, they talked about, right at the beginning of the podcast, they talked about how this 600 pound man came to him and said he wanted to lose weight. He moved into this guy's farm. The guy made him eat only fruits and vegetables, raw fruits and vegetables, and he had to hike 10 miles a day every single day. Super fun. And guess what happened? He lost weight. He lost weight. (laughs) He lost weight. And so Joe and this guy are talking about, like, how easy it is to just lose weight. Like, you just got to do hard things. You just got to, like, eat fruits and vegetables and exercise a lot. Can you guess what happened to this guy? Once he left this farm. The same thing that happens to everyone who was on Biggest Loser 10 days later. he gained 150 pounds back within, I don't know, a short amount of time. And then they talked about this next person that came to him that wanted to lose weight. Truck driver, ate fast food, on the road all the time, wanted to lose, lose a bunch of weight. Came for 30 days, same thing. Made him do all these tough workouts, eat only fruits and vegetables... He left on day one. His girlfriend came and picked him up. They went and ate Ben and Jerry's, whatever he wanted. He gained 19 pounds back in one day. And what drove me absolutely insane was they weren't talking about... The thing that they were talking about was what was wrong with these people is they could not change their behavior. And the thing that drove me insane was if you teach someone to do something that's not sustainable for their actual life they're not going to get any benefit right. out of it. So you took them from one extreme of not taking care of themselves, of living a 600-pound life, to an extreme of you can only eat raw fruits and vegetables and walk 10 miles a day. In what life is that a life that you yeah. can maintain? Was he proposing that this was some great breakthrough or that he was super proud of that work? Yeah, he was super proud of the fact that he could help these people by doing that, and he was very much like... Yep, this is just what you have to do. You just have to put yourself in these hard situations and you just have to get through it. But to me, like, I felt so bad for these people that went through that experience and now they think the only way I can get healthy is to be so extreme that I have to do this and then they're not going to do anything. Because if I have to choose between hiking 10 miles a day and eating raw fruits and vegetables or living my normal life, I'm going to choose living my normal life. I mean, who wouldn't? So instead of thinking like, okay, what can we help this person change slowly that they can continue to do forever? It's just one extreme or the other extreme. And it just drove me absolutely insane that these guys weren't saying like, 
this is the actual reason why they gained all this weight back or they weren't thinking like what's going to happen to them afterwards it was just how can I get the most weight off of you in the fastest amount of time and that's all that matters is I can say I helped this guy lose 300 pounds in three months or whatever the ridiculous amount that it was and if you're just trying to prove that as a concept then great mission accomplished I mean I think we knew that already but but you know I I don't even know where to start on that one you know it's like it reminds (laughs) me me, so angry I mean since I'm here with the behavioral perspective it reminds me of old school behavior intervention methodology which was just extremely restrictive so if you have someone who engages in self-injury and maybe she picks her own hair or picks her own face if you put her in a straight jacket she won't do that anymore and her hair and skin will heal well, of course it would yeah, but as soon sure. as she's no, no longer in that restrictive environment I mean you're relapsing right back to baseline or worse mm-hmm. which I, to me seems like maybe not an obvious concept but a pretty maybe close to obvious concept that someone in that position should have known about and not maybe subjected to people to traumatic, restrictive situations. I mean, to pare that down, though, because all the time I get people who are very high achievers, super smart people that come to me and they want to change 95 things at once. They were like, you know what? Usually I go through the drive-thru on my way to work. I get Uber Eats for lunch and I get Uber Eats for dinner. And that's what I've been doing for the past four months. And now I want to do A, B, C, D, E, F, and G. And I'm going to change my whole life and do that. So it's not as extreme as what we just talked about on this guy's farm. But it's what people believe when they hear these stories that they have to do something extreme in order to make a change. I wonder where that comes from. You know, I think I talked about this last time, or maybe we both talked about this last time, but at the gym, you'd get people that show up on their first day, and they're doing all of it at once. They're they're trying to RX a workout. They've only eaten a salad that day. They stopped drinking Coke or Diet Coke, which is hard to withdraw from. They're, they're doing all these crazy things all at once, I just wonder where that comes from, like where we pick that up. If that's just built inside of us to have that, like, again, it's like the light switch thing. You're just flipping a switch and it's all different now. Mm -hmm. And it's proven itself unsuccessful over and over and over again. I mean, does that come from TV? I mean, where are we getting that? I almost feel like for some people, it's an excuse to not do what they know they need to do. So, for example, if I'm all or nothing... And I didn't do all today. Well, now there's my excuse to not do the FGH. Anything. Yeah, that was on that's my a good list point. of things to do. So that gets me off the hook. So if I start the day with a McDonald's burrito through the drive-thru, well, now I don't have to focus on my fitness. I don't need to go work out. Day's already to, ruined. Yeah, Why I don't try? need to like do my meditation. Like I don't need to do any of those things because days ruined I can't be a hundred percent today so I think that mentality while it seems like a tough mentality to have if you are a normal person and you can't live up to perfection every single day it gives you an excuse to yeah. not do the things that yeah I wonder you, know you should be doing that makes sense to me I've never thought about it that way and I know that's it's not that's not correct for everybody but I notice yeah. it a lot but it's a decent guess in my daily accountability clients so the people that I talk to every day through video like I notice that in them when the breakdown happens in the day it just gets worse as the day goes on it's like okay it's not like oh I had a shitty lunch or I went to the break room and got a donut and then I really turned the day around and went and did my workout anyway it's 
yeah, I had the donut because someone brought them in the break room. And then instead of eating the meal that I had packed for dinner, I decided to go mm-hmm. get Uber Eats instead. And then since I did that, there's really no point in working out. So it's like letting yourself off the hook. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah, I just wanted to um, let people know (laughs) that that if you want to lose weight, you do not need to go to a farm, eat raw fruits and vegetables, and hike 10 miles a day. Yeah, and to train yourself to keep an eye out for that. I mean, to not be lured or not be too attracted to these all-or-nothing approaches. Uh, Don't be fooled by the results. I mean, they're undeniable. An all-or-nothing, when applied like it was in this case with raw vegetables and hiking 10 miles a day... Of course, the results are going to follow. Don't be fooled by that. Don't be attracted yeah. to that because it's you know it's it's misleading. You know, maybe it's just the excitement. I mean, it's like it. saying, "Oh, you want to lose weight? Go to jail for ten months." <laughs> do you know? Like, yeah. well, of co- oh, yeah, it'll yeah. work. If you, you want to increase your bench press? You want to do push-ups jail. and you know yeah. eat oatmeal every day? Like, yeah, you look great, but I mean, it's not yeah. worth it. Yeah, and it, it may just be the excitement of the intensity of it versus the what we're going to tell people to do which just isn't nearly as exciting as like okay instead of eating uber eats five days a week why don't we do it just two days a week like that doesn't excite people but it's realistic look not everything has to be so damn fun you know what i mean (laughs) like we're so addicted to fun and sugar and like quick highs that it's so hard i think for a lot of us to accept things that aren't going to be that Super fast acting yep. reward. And getting that long term reward, which if you do that every day for every week for the next three months, guess what's going to happen? You're finally going to get a reward from it. You may not see it in a week. I mean, look, human beings may figure this out deep into the future how to get long term rewards quickly, but we're not alive during that time and there's just no getting around it. Like, you just you have to account for the process sometimes. Yes. Like it or not. <laughs> Yes, exactly. I think I would have walked right off that guy's camp. <laughs> no, this guy, he was, he came to him. It wasn't like he was like, here's yeah, my but method. Like, day four see? of carrots and 15K on the mountainside. And he didn't, and he stuck with it. And the sad part is, is that guy who was mentally tough enough to go through that still went home to real life and gained back to hundred, gained back to 150 of that pounds that he lost. Yeah, it's sad to hear. It really is, because that may have been more traumatic ultimately than than not tasting that success ever. Plus, I guarantee his metabolism is screwed. Oh, physiologically, there had to have been some pretty nasty consequences. For sure. And then he's going to have to live with those consequences for the long haul. It's not like that's something that you can just all of a sudden fix. Do you remember if Joe, like, pointed that out? He's usually pretty no, good about sniffing was, things out like that. I, You know what? I stopped listening to the podcast you know, at yeah, some point because I couldn't, like, stand to hear them talk back and forth about this anymore without like, bringing up the real issue. So maybe they did bring it up later, um, you but know, I just I couldn't get through it anymore. In, in the video game world, we call that a rage quit. <laughs> you, ra- you rage quit that rage podcast. rage quit the podcast. Yeah, you did. Well, you know like joe's a hard ass like that's that's his personality it's like, yeah i'm sure he know, was into that go like, and yeah, do the thing hard. or don't bitch like that's his mm-hmm. that's his thing mm-hmm. and so some people are going to see that and be like yep i want to do something like that and other people are going to recognize that this isn't the right way to do it but since a lot of people listen to that yeah. <laughs> i needed to get my yeah my rage quit out there about it when are you going to come watch us play soccer again? Um, Since you guys are really good now, it's probably pretty boring. You'd probably just like win all your games Oh, yeah. Is that stuff. what you've heard? 
<laughs> have you seen Kyle name. lately? He looks so good. I have. I Svelte. have. Yes. Svelte even. Yes. It's, that is one person who's taking quarantine to his advantage. Yeah, and he's very open about it. He just you mm-hmm. know, put a lot more effort into what was what he was consuming, and it's just, yeah. you know, what a difference it makes, you know. And I have had a lot of clients who have really taken this time and utilized the extra time that they have in the day to put it towards something that's going to better their lives or better their health. And I'm so mm-hmm. proud yeah. of those people. Because a lot of them I reach out to that I'm not necessarily working with during this time, but maybe I worked with a year ago to just kind of say like, hey, what's up? How yeah. you doing? Like, yeah. how's life? And I've gotten a lot of great responses. And that makes me so happy yeah that's the ultimate reward for somebody i think in your position is when you get into that phase that maintenance phase where you're just kind of following up and hearing from them about how well things are going i think that's that's got to be the best feeling yep anything else you wanted to talk about not really i mean i'll talk about anything with you we can go all day (laughs) enjoying my lemoncello uh lacroix okay so tyler told me today that LaCroix have bigger bubbles than other sparkling water. I said that. Do you agree? What did I say? <laughs> I didn't notice this. Someone had to point out to me that the bubbles are bigger. Like, it's, I don't know how Which to say I, this. I get it. Like, you said it. Big you, bubbles. Like, you voiced it, and yeah. I understand it. Like, I feel like Sprite has teeny tiny little bubbles. Agreed, yes. You know? Pellegrino, teeny tiny bubbles. LaCroix, big fat bubbles. Big fat bubbles. And Bursting with flavor. <laughs> <laughs> is it though? Is uh, it subtle it's flavor? Whispering bursting with, it's whispering with, with very flavor. little whispers. Of flavor. <laughs> These whispers they burst right through. <laughs> All right. Well, before we go down this rabbit hole, I let's know, wrap I'm sorry. this I'll shush. up. <laughs> um, it was great talking with you again. My pleasure, always. All right. Let's do it again. Can't wait. Volume three. Thank you for listening. I hope this episode was helpful. For topic requests or to apply to be a featured guest, please email kate at orlandodietitian.com. Want more nutrition awareness? Check out our blog for recipes, nutrition tips and tricks, as well as product recommendations. Our website is www.orlandodietitian.com. Dietitian is spelled D-I-E-T-I-T-I-A-N. This has been Dietitian Kate, and until next time, Keep it real.